You are listening to the Baby Sleep Answers Podcast, the podcast that answers all your baby sleep questions, but it's also just your friend in your ear here to let you know it's normal to struggle, it's normal to have anxiety, and it's normal to want to sleep more. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the most common questions in the baby sleep world, and that is, why will my baby not sleep through the night? Why is my baby waking up so much or fighting sleep so much? Just why? Um, so unfortunately, obviously this whole podcast won't be specific to your case. I'm a very big believer in that every case is different. And so I don't want you to think that just by listening to this podcast, you're going to go away and then touch your finger to your baby and they're going to sleep. But hopefully this is going to give you a broader understanding of how many things can affect baby sleep. And I know personally for myself and for people I work with, just knowing why something has happened kind of helps us not be so stressed about it. For example, right now we're early February coming off of a cold. My kids have been sick for the past three weeks and baby girl, she's 22 months now. She is basically in our bed all night after midnight. And if I didn't know why, it would stress me out. It might say, oh my gosh, this is going to be the rest of my life. I'm going to have a kid in my bed the rest of my life. But that's not it. I know it's because she's congested. When she has her head down and she's not lifted up, she cannot sleep. Her head starts hurting. She starts, you know, saying mocos, which means boogers in Spanish. And so I know that she just needs to be held for half the night. If I didn't know that she was sick, if I didn't understand that congestion does that to her, I might kind of freak out. I might worry about things. I might say, I need to just do cry it out because she's just having a habit of coming into my bed. But there's the difference between being like, no, 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 it's okay. Sometimes she's going to need my help more. Sometimes she's going to need it less. I know specifically speaking, my baby girl is also very sensitive to being sick. Her stomach tends to hurt a lot. I won't share too much more, (laughs) but uh, just knowing what's going on helps me understand, okay, this is just now and one day it will get better. Sometimes the why can be a little more difficult and I talk, I will talk about different whys. Um, For example, again, to use my baby girl, last year she was having a horrible, horrible gut issue and for months we didn't know why she was waking up every hour screaming at night, why she just would not go back to sleep. After a long, long time, and I do want to talk about this whole health journey with her uh, in another episode, but after a long time we finally figured out what it was and the person helping me, who I can hopefully have on an interview here, she told me it was going to be a few months until we saw a real change. And that was the first time I saw light that, you know, someone telling you you're not going to sleep for a couple months is hard, but someone telling you, look, this is what's going on. And now we have kind of a timeline. It helped so, so much because I knew it was going to get better and I understood what it was. So all to say, hopefully this, just listening to this episode and thinking about this episode Hopefully talking about it with other people is going to help you come closer to understand why your baby might not be sleeping through the night. Or if you're a new mom, new parent, uh, and you're kind of just preparing for sleep, it's going to give you a broader understanding of what all goes into sleep. I don't know about you, but I never, ever thought about baby sleep being difficult before. <laughs> I don't know why. I had plenty of people telling me I wouldn't sleep. I think I just figured, okay, babies wake up and they go back to sleep. I didn't know everything that was involved. Um, but hopefully, so this gives you an understanding that it's not your fault if they don't sleep necessarily. Um, there's a lot of things that go into it. So let's go into it. 
The number one and most annoying one, perhaps, is that people just have unrealistic expectations of sleep. You know, you hear of a baby who sleeps through the night at four weeks and you think, oh, my baby will do that too. That's actually in the above average sleep availabilities, sleep skills for a four-week-old. And so what you want to aim for is kind of just optimizing your baby's sleep, making sure they're getting all their feeds in and that there's nothing wrong with them. And then your goal shouldn't be for them to sleep through the night, but just as long as they can. When do, people ask me all the time, when do babies sleep through the night? And that's just, I can never give them an answer and I'm sure that's annoying. But there are babies that sleep through the night at four weeks, at three weeks. And there are babies that don't sleep through the night until closer to two years old. So just releasing that expectation of, oh, my baby is six month old. They should be sleeping through the night. Just get rid of that expectation because every baby is going to be so different. Every story is going to be so different. So that's number one. The second reason uh, I want to share about why your baby might not be sleeping through the night is that every baby has different levels of sensitivities of how much they can handle specific things. For example, some babies can be sick and sleep through the night still. Some babies can't. Some babies can be super overstimulated and then roll around, fall asleep, and be fine. Some babies can handle cold better than others or heatness or being itchy or tummy troubles. And that's not that shouldn't surprise us, right? I can sleep through basically anything. Only thing I can't sleep through is headaches. Um, my husband can sleep through headaches, right? And so it's, there's just a different thing there. And so let's say you have two kids, you're both your kids, so you would assume they're the same, but they're very, very different. And one of them is sleeping, one of them is not in the same room, same environment, and you're going crazy. You're, you can't figure it out. It could be that one of them needs more humidity in the room, or one of them is overheating at night, and so they need different kind of PJs. That comes into play so, so much as newborns, and we don't really look at it because there's so much going on. You know, you're figuring out how to feed them. You're figuring out even if you're working on wake times and you're figuring out their diapers, there's just so much to think about, especially if you have other kids. But actually, no, especially if it's your only kid, <laughs> there's just so much that you're learning that you don't even think about extra things that could be going wrong. So here are some of the extra things that they might be sensitive to. They can be getting overstimulated. For that, I recommend you go into a dark room or before bedtime, before naps, just stay chilling in a dark or dim room. They could be getting overheated. If they're ever sweating or if their neck is sweating or if their hands are super hot, that's a chance they could be overheated. Same thing for cold. If their extremities are ever really, really, really cold, if their nose feels really cold, you can add a layer and see if that helps. Very often with newborns, moms with newborn moms, they'll tell me my baby will not sleep in the bassinet. They'll fall asleep on me, but they won't go in the bed. And we'll look at temperatures and we see that the, the bassinet is just a cold mattress, right? It's nothing compared to mom's warm arms. And so we'll put a heater bag on the bassinet right before we put baby in, make sure it's not too hot. And then we transfer baby in and they feel that heat and they're able to fall asleep a little easier. Not always, but that is something. And that's something I would have never thought about as a first time mom. So be on the lookout for any extra thing your kid might be specifically sensitive to. Hopefully you don't have a kiddo as sensitive as my second child. He is just, you know, he can feel anything. He may, maybe he has sensory issues. I don't know. But just this morning, you know, I asked him to put his socks on and he was putting on and he started to cry. 
and the scent was strong. It's like, it's just, it's so itchy. It's so itchy. And there was like a little string on his sock. And, you know, if you don't recognize that kids can be that sensitive, you might think they're just being dramatic, but it's just who he's been. He's been like that since he was a newborn. He's going to be four years old, almost sweetheart, such a sweetheart, but he is just really extremely sensitive to things. And so he wakes up a lot. In the summer, we wake up to a lot of mosquito bites. He just, you know, he's whimpering, he's scratching himself, and he can't stand it. And it's just crazy because he shares a room with his older brother. And his older brother might have like 10 mosquito bites and he doesn't blink an eye. Well, I guess his eyes are sleeping, (laughs) but they don't open up, you know. And so just acknowledging that maybe your baby is very sensitive to a lot of things might give you a little bit more peace and that it's not something you're doing wrong. There are a million things that could be off. You're just slowly figuring out what they're sensitive to. And there's some things that they might be so sensitive to things that you can't control always. And so some nights you're just going to have to say, you know what, tonight we're not going to sleep very well. That's okay. All right, let's go to the third reason that babies might not be sleeping very well. I do want to go more in depth in this topic in another episode, but just touching it briefly and just putting it in your head in case it hasn't been there. Some kiddos have slow metabolisms and that will mean that they can handle longer periods of time without eating as much. Some kiddos have super fast metabolisms. They'll eat and they'll be hungry a lot faster. I do want to have like an expert talk about this and I'm lining up some lactation consultants as well to talk more specifically about this. But the point with that is that some babies can handle longer periods of time without a feed than others. You know, I have mentioned that book of 12 hours by 12 weeks, and that book relies on stretching feeds to four hours, right? And that works for some babies. Other babies cannot handle four hours from the get-go, and they need every two hours, they need every three hours. And if you try to stretch out their feeds, you could be messing with their weight gain, messing with your supply. And so it's always important to be working with someone who knows what they're doing and to trust your gut that you know what you're doing. But most important is just to accept that some babies will still need a night feed for many, many months, even if some babies can go 12 hours from the get-go. Now, I do have a lot of sleep consultants say, you know, if they're seven weeks, they should be able to sleep seven hours. If they're eight weeks, they should be able to sleep eight hours. That is kind of something that a lot of people aim for. I never, never, (laughs) I never aim for that just because I don't think kids are numbers. And they don't, they can't read time. They can't be like, oh no, I'm five weeks. Okay, I need to go another hour. I'll be go back to sleep. No, they're going to be following their instincts and what they know. Obviously, we want to work on making sure we're feeding them when they're hungry and not just because we don't know what to do. But some babies are just going to need feeds for a longer time. So I have parents come to me say, my baby is eight months old and is still needing a feed. I know I messed up and I always have to stop them. No, you did not mess up. Maybe your baby still needs that feed, you know. Sometimes when parents really, really ask me, they say, I really want to get rid of this feed. Please, I'll have to tell them, you know, we can work on it. We can try to night wean it. But if you work on night weaning and it's been a week or two weeks and they're still waking up visibly hungry, they might just be hungry and that's okay. Some babies need feeds for a longer period of time than other babies. Again, I do want to make a longer in-depth episode with experts talking about metabolism and baby milk conception. And so be on the lookout for that. So let's go to the fourth reason, and this one can be a little controversial, 
but I do want to bring it up. The fourth reason a lot of babies just don't sleep through the night or don't sleep very well is because we don't let them. <gasps> what? Yes, a lot of babies want to sleep through the night and we're just not allowing them. One of my favorite clients was when I was starting early, I was working one-on-one -on -one specifically with people for weeks um, and someone was desperate. She had a nine-month-old who had never slept through the night, was up every hour and a half, seemed to be in pain. She got my like two-week program because she thought it was going to take forever. And then I looked at all of her data that she gave me. We talked about, you know, how often she was feeding him, how he was falling asleep. And I said, whoa, <laughs> you're not giving him a chance. You're just helping him fall asleep every single second. Every single time he wakes up, you feed him. Uh, before even trying to put him awake, you feed him you're not giving him a chance to sleep. So, you know, we went through the schedule. There was a little bit to move around. And then I said, you know, tonight, we're not going to do crying out because I know you told me you don't want to do crying out, but I want you to just lay him in his bed awake without the Merlin sleep suit, without the super, super loud white noise that you're using, without feeding him right at bedtime. And she said, all right, I trust you. I mean, she trusted me after giving her money, of course, <laughs> um, and because of my reviews. But then 10 minutes later, she was like, Andrea, he fell asleep. He didn't even cry. He fell asleep. I can't believe it. I'm going to go get some wine. <laughs> and I said, all right, go ahead. Um, let's talk tomorrow. And the next morning, she said, I can't believe it. He slept all night. And I said, okay, well, I can't believe it. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I wasn't rude. But I said, oh my gosh, I celebrated with her. I was so happy. She's like, okay, but I'm not going to jinx it. I know it's not going to be forever. But then the next night, he slept through the night again. She did the same thing. She let him sleep and, she, and he slept through the night. Now, obviously, this is just a fun story that happened and, you know, it's happened a few times with other clients, not not as insanely as this one time five years ago. But the thing was, she just was trying to control things too much. She was trying to get him to sleep too much. Um, when he was crying out at night, she would run to him and feed him. And that was actually causing some tummy issues because he wasn't digesting. If, he, if you're eating every hour and a half, there's no time for you to digest. And so as soon as she gave him a little bit more space, a little bit more, you know, focused on the right schedule but got rid of the Merlin sleep suit he was able to move around he was able to get comfortable and he was able to finally sleep again this isn't going to be the case for all your kids I don't want you to think okay I'm just going to put him in bed and Andrea said he's going to sleep all night but the idea is that sometimes we're just doing too much we're helping them too much we're not giving them the right opportunity for them to fall asleep by themselves and then seeing what happens Similarly, with newborns, sometimes we think we have to help them fall asleep, and that's just not the case. We have to help them get to a point where they're sleepy. We have to, you know, provide a sleep space. But leaving a baby awake in a bassinet is okay, and then they can show us if they're able, if they're able to fall asleep by themselves, or if they need more help. But if we don't kind of step back and let babies show us where they're at, then we will never really know it. So I hopefully, hopefully that one is more helpful than annoying. I feel like maybe when I was the first time mom, someone told me, oh, you're just not letting him sleep. Might've pissed me off a little bit. Um, <laughs> but hopefully you understand what I'm trying to say there. <laughs> okay. Last one, number five is not one of my favorites because if you know anything about me, if you follow me on social media, I am not a type A person. I am not someone who likes to do the same thing every day. I'm very restless. I like to live my life on the go, um, which obviously doesn't work very well with babies and kids who like consistency, but that is number five. The number fifth, number f the fifth reason <laughs> that babies do not sleep all night is because they lack consistency. 
An undeniable truth about sleep is that the more you stick to a cycle schedule, the better you will sleep. That's for babies, but also humans. If you're a human, an adult who, hopefully you're a human listening to this, I guess your dog could be listening to this, but dogs also have their own cycles, uh, but they're not interested in what I have to say. You are though, so let's keep going. Let's say you fall asleep at 9 p.m. one day, 10 p.m. the next, 9 p.m. the next, and then the next day you try to go to sleep at 7 p.m. Your body is not going to be ready for that. Your body, and we'll talk about this in another episode, and I feel like I'm saying that a lot, but I just have so many episodes lined up, and this is just episode two uh, about the actual circadian rhythm, but your body gets used to falling asleep at a certain time of the day. It goes to sleep it goes into the cycles and then it wakes up around the same time and the more you respect that the better sleep quality you have the easier time you'll have falling asleep and staying asleep and it's the exact same thing if not more intense for babies the more we respect their cycles their sleep cycles the better that their body is going to respond and sleep this is a hard pill to swallow as a first-time parent or as someone who likes to go on the go or even as a second-time parent if your first kid wasn't as sensitive to schedules and consistency. But some kids just need insane consistency to be able to be in a good rhythm and to be able to sleep all night. That's really unfortunate sometimes when parents have different jobs or they have different daycares they have to go to. And I don't want you to feel guilty if that's the case, but I do want you to just recognize that that might be the reason baby's not sleeping well, and that's okay. It's just not a stage for sleep. I say that to myself a lot when my kids are sick or when we're traveling. This is just not a stage where sleep is happening. We are a household that prioritizes sleep, probably more than the average household, obviously. But we still have days where we just know that we're not going to sleep very much and that those are days that we're going to take it slower, that we're going to be more patient with ourselves and with the kids because just you can't you can't survive on no sleep. But you can change your attitude about it and say, you know what, right now with our life schedule, with our lack of consistency, we can't stress about not getting sleep. It's kind of like if you were not working out every day and you weren't going to the gym you weren't walking around and then you're stressed out because you can't run a marathon you wouldn't do that right you wouldn't you wouldn't expect to run a marathon if you haven't trained for it so you cannot expect to sleep all night to have baby sleep all night if you're not providing the exact environment schedule and consistency that they need but that's also okay right I'm not going to be sitting here on my chair worried and crying that I can't can't do a marathon right now because it's just not the right stage of life Obviously, for me, it will never be the stage of life for a marathon, but for you, you will have a stage of life where your baby sleeps all night, where you sleep all night. When all the stars align, not all, but when all the stars align and you finally sleep all night. Okay, well, that was episode two. I think I'm getting the hang of these uh, episode podcast recording thing, hopefully. Please let me know your thoughts. I do love thoughts. Um, write to me, Andrea, at Baby Sleep Answers, or just go on Instagram. Baby Sleep Answers is my username, handle, whatever you call it. And be sure to like and review us anywhere that you can do. Thank you so much. And one last thing, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and go to babysleepanswers.com slash podcast to sign up to receive monthly emails for your baby sleep according to their age. I hope you have an awesome day and a wonderful night.